This is SAFM Sport with Tabiso Musia. Thank you and a very good evening and thank you for joining us on SAFM uh, Sport On uh, for what is our last show of the year. My name is Tabiso Musia and Katleho Mudiba is producing tonight's show with Luyalom Kalipi already on holiday, that boy. I um, hope he enjoys his holiday. Sylvester Komane is still with us. He's our technical producer tonight. And we have a very unique guest on our sports show this evening that you probably wouldn't expect on a sports show. But he is doing a fantastic job using sport to uplift uh, the community and his chosen sport of uh, and his chosen sport rather is chess and that is none other than former uh, president Jacob Zuma whose chess tournament is now celebrating 10 years and he will talk to us about the aim the purpose and the vision the vision for the Jacob Zuma chess foundation a tournament they were playing a couple of games uh, this week and we'll find out how did it go against the youngsters because I remember back in 2016 when I saw one of the videos on TV there was a little girl giving him a hard time there uh, President uh, Jacob Zuma when he was playing during his annual uh, chess tournament. So we will talk to the former president about the Jacob Zuma Chess Foundation tournament. And if you are part of the chess community, please feel free to join this conversation at any time. You can call us on 0891-104-207. Our SMS line is 40938. Our WhatsApp number, we do take voice notes on WhatsApp on 061-4104-107. That is 061-4104-107 where we take WhatsApp voice notes. And if you are on social media, following us on social media, we are using the hashtag SAFM spot on SAFM spot with an R of course on uh, that's the uh, hashtag that we are using so it should be a very interesting conversation with the former president Jacob Zuma we also like to catch up on a Friday with our stars of yesteryear on our feature called Flashback Fridays and this evening is no different we will go all the way to Manchester to catch up with former Man United and Bafana Bafana player Quentin Fortune in what's been an interesting week at Manchester United a club where he spent seven years and we'll get his thoughts on what's happened this week at Man United with the sacking of Jose Mourinho and the appointment of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and also about Quentin Fortune's incredible journey that saw him leave the Cape Flats at the age of 16 to go try his luck at Tottenham and he never looked back. So after the break, we're going to start by hearing from Quentin Fortune and then after that interview, we speak to former President Jacob Zuma. Hashtag SAFM Sport On. So we put a call through to Quentin Fortune just before the show to catch up with him on Flashback Fridays. And I had to begin with the happenings at Manchester United this week. And I started by asking him what went wrong under Jose Mourinho. That's a good question. Um, I just, well, you know, this is a results business game. And um, I think the, the, the final straw was the Liverpool game. Um, the style of play, I'm not sure if you guys watched the game, but yes. it was just uh, so defensive for 90 minutes and we hardly had any attacker besides the goal. And um, and it was just a lot of negativity coming out of the the camp and um, I'm sure that, I'm 100% sure there was some friction between the player and, and, and manager, but look, um, Georgia was given, I think he spent three to 400 million pounds to bring in players that he wanted, and it didn't. It didn't work. It didn't improve the the team. And um, the history of Manchester United is also about producing young players and and uh, improving young players. And, and I think the club probably looked at all of that and 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 saw there wasn't an improvement. So they they made a change. And um, now we've got uh, Ole Gunnar 
mm. who understands the club, who um, who knows the style of play of Manchester United. I think the last few months has been tough um, for all of us, um, including the staff and players and ex-players and fans, because we want to see Manchester United play a certain style of football which we've been used to for so many years. And um, so, hopefully, Ole. I'm sure, no, not hopefully. I'm sure Ole will. Well, um, first of all, trying to get the players together, get them to think positive, because I think there's so much a toxic environment, a negative environment. And I don't think uh, when you train and work in that environment, you can't express yourself or or play to full of your, of, your, uh, of, your, of your ability. So as soon as Ole gets that going again, I'm sure the players will um, you'll start to see um, players performing again and get the team spirit, get the players' confidence back again. And... Um, and uh, play the Manchester United way, which is attacking football. I'm not saying just go all out attack. Mm. You have to find the balance of, of course, of defending as well. But uh, but we've got so many talented players in our team. Then I'm looking forward to see the likes of Anthony Martial, Lukaku, Marcus Rashford, Jesse Lingard, Juan Mata. You can go through all of them, especially Paul Bokpa. He's a great of play, and uh, we want to get Paul Bokpa at his best again, and get some smiling faces on on the pitch, and, and then you see a different Manchester United team. Mm. And as someone who's played with Ole, what kind of a, a person is he? Oh, he's a very nice man. Um, first of all, he's a very good guy and uh, a very hardworking, attention to detail. And that's what he was like as a player. Always used to practice after training, after training in terms of his finishing. Always wants to improve. And um, he's no different as a as a manager. He's, he's um, used all that experience that he's had as a player now. And he mentioned obviously learning from the best from Salik, so yeah. he will um, definitely come in and, and trying to create a positive environment again, which is very important. Which he played in when when we were under Salik, which was a it was like a family environment, and uh, um, we we forgot about ourselves. We always always focus on the team, and I'm sure Oli will try to recreate that. And uh, I don't think it'll have any problem. But look, Oli at the same time he is a winner. He wants to win. He's not just coming in for the next six months and just uh, looking after the team. He wants to have success at Manchester United. He loves the club. Everyone loves Ole, so he wants to uh, help the team improve and win games. And, and there's still a lot to play for the season, so um, everyone is excited that uh, he's the manager now. Mm. And many have said that Jose was not the perfect fit for the club. With Ole set to go back to Norway at the end of the season, what kind of a manager mm-hmm. will do the fans expect at United next season? Well, it's First of all, Ole is the manager now, so if Ole does well, you never know, he could be gone for longer. But at the moment, um, you know, whatever happens next season, whoever comes in, whether it's Ole or someone else, somebody that understands the culture of Manchester United, that's very important. Whoever they point next, that person must understand the culture of the club, the style of play, the, the way things are done at Manchester United in terms of uh, the family environment, um, encouraging players. Um, at the same time, the history of the, the club is always produce or introduce young players to the first team and that should never change um, I think the last few years has been uh, it's been tough because um, that's been lacking us the club has also invested a lot in in youth of, uh, I think Wachau uh, was probably the only manager who was kind of uh, put that on he obviously introduced a few players to young players to the first team so that was important but um, I think on the Jose it was different he had his own uh, a way of doing things and the club had respected that but yeah it's very important that whoever comes in understand first of all how Manchester United play um, the culture of the club how things sh- uh, should be done of course he brings his own way as well but um, he's got to fit in with the with the Manchester United style mm. 
For those who've just joined us, we are catching up with former Manchester United Bafana Bafana player Quentin Fortune on our feature Flashback Fridays. That was the first part of the interview, just to get his thoughts on the recent developments at Manchester United this week. And now let's find out more about Quentin Fortune because he's still at Manchester and uh, he's still doing some work for the club. And I asked him about his role there. What exactly is it that he does at Manchester United? Uh, no, exactly. I have no role to them. I just do ambassadorial stuff. So I do a lot of traveling for the club um, on the commercial side mm. um, and still trying to complete all my coaching badges. Uh, the final coaching badge I need to complete now is the pro license. And once I uh, completed that, to just continue learning and um, get some education on my coaching side. And my, my, uh, my dream is to be a manager one day. So um, that's my current situation at the moment. Mm. And in your wildest dreams, Quentin Fortune, did you ever one day believe that you would go all the way from the Western Cape to go and play for Manchester United? <laughs> you got to be crazy. No, no, no. No, this is like, uh, um, it's imp- not impossible to do, but yeah, you never imagine, you grew up in the Cape Flats or anywhere in South Africa. Yeah. Yes, you dream about things, but uh, not never in my wildest dreams I ever thought. I end up playing for such an amazing club and I'm um, still to be part of it now it's, it's still it's still a blessing so um, so yeah super super grateful still to be here um, what keeps you busy at the same time as you ask me what am I doing mm. um, I've started my own football academy Quinton Fortune Academy here which we're coaching kids from 5 to 13 years old so that's something that keeps me busy at the moment as well so um, there's a lot of things exciting things but the most important focus now is getting all my badges and continuing to learn and and hopefully, um, you know, get all my coaching career going. Mm. And it, it, it was a long journey of yours of character, determination that took you overseas, having left the country, I think, at 16. Was the goal always to go and play professional football at the highest level for you? No, I just wanted to play football. I didn't think of anything professional, just wanted to play football. Um, that was it. Just any time I finished school or woke up every day in the day and go, uh, play football on the field there with my friends and that was it just play football every single day that was uh, all I wanted to do and change in the blink of an eye sure and 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 we know you went to Tottenham in the youth setup there was it a different ball game altogether how was your time how was your experience there oh, it was great that was a um, fantastic experience there obviously some amazing people there and um, yeah it was uh, something that I think any kid would have uh, um, would have appreciated that. I was just, um, I think I was well prepared when I arrived there. And um, yeah, like I said, it was just football. That's all I wanted to do, play a game of football. And someone gave me the opportunity and um, I tried my best to, to take it. And then you then moved to Spain. Was the plan to get game time even at that young age? How did the move to Spain come about? Oh, that's just through football contacts and... Um, uh, the idea was just to play football, uh, mm. get wherever I'm going to learn and, and, and grow and and improve, and um, yeah, through contacts. And how was it, Quentin Fortune, playing for a club like Atletico Madrid? Sorry, how was it? Yeah, just just being at a club like Atletico Madrid. How was the oh, experience fantastic. for you? I had to learn the language, I had to learn Spanish, mm. and different style of football. Um, Spanish style is it's amazing. It's always everything was. What you do as a football player over in Spain, um, it was with the ball. Everything starts with the ball. And um, you improve. You improve every single day. Uh, that's what I've uh, 
learned my time in Spain and, and uh, find great balance in using your both feet and uh, it's all tactical in terms of keeping possession of the ball and um, of course the language is very important you have to mm. uh, learn Spanish and once you do that and I think that um, it definitely benefits the player because it, it learns to teach learn to, uh, really learn definitely about the other culture and you can understand what people want from you so um, my time in Spain was absolutely brilliant and uh, of course the weather makes a big difference as well mm. it's almost a little bit similar to home but and, and the food of course the lifestyle in Spain you have siestas in the afternoon which is a great way of living so um, no, no, I had a fantastic time a great education um, in that time of my career and um, definitely enjoyed my time over there well, you then left that sunny weather for Manchester. How did that one come about? Were you recommended? Were they monitoring you while in Spain? Great question. I do not know. I think <laughs> they were probably knew me or for my Tottenham days or, or something like this with contacts. But um, that happened. And uh, like I said, when United come calling, you you don't think you go. Which is exactly what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said today in his first press conference. And how do you now look back at those seven years as a player of Manchester United, uh, Quentin Fortune? I was very, very honoured and um, grateful for those amazing experiences. I mean, um, I had most of these players that I played with on my wall as a kid. And to end up playing with them was just um, beyond my wildest dreams and just with absolute gratitude for that for that uh, um, experience I had um, playing under the most amazing manager with the fantastic players, world class players, uh, playing at the Theatre of Dreams, Old Trafford. To still be part of the club now is uh, is um, it's an unbelievable blessing, and um, you don't want to leave this place. You don't want to leave this place. I mean, people keep saying to me, "Yeah, but you're from Cape Town." I said, "Why? <laughs> I can go to Old Trafford every home game and watch United play." It. Um, I used to watch football. From the Cape Flats in Q-Town, so I stand in the window and watch football uh, on a Friday night at Athlone Stadium. And now I get to go to Old Trafford. So um, it's beyond words and dreams that I can still be part of this club. And like I said, I look back in those moments mm. with uh, amazing happiness and gratitude and, uh, and hopefully some more in the future. And despite the injuries that you suffered, you still kept going. You seem to have a good relationship with the manager at the time, Sir Alex Ferguson. How would you describe your relationship with him? Oh, the boss is um, like a father figure to most of the players. Um, a great man. And um, as long as you give 100%, and uh, that's all he asked for. He knew everyone is very talented. And um, he just wanted you to play to the best of your ability and, and play with freedom and express yourself and give 100% to the team. Um, once you do that and uh, you live a quiet life, you, you'll have no problems with the manager. And uh, like I said, uh, I was very fortunate. There's many players that have great relationship with the, with the manager, but that's the kind of person he is. And he can even still now, uh, if you need any advice or or guidance, he can pick up the phone and call him. He's that kind of a person. And um, like I said, um, I was very grateful uh, to have played under him. And, and still now, if I need any any help, I can call him. Was he the one that moved you to left back? Excuse me? Was he the one that moved you to left back because we knew you as a yeah, midfielder? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, I didn't care where I played. I'm <laughs> playing for Manchester United. If I played in goal, I would have. It didn't really bother me. So, <laughs> um, you're playing with so many fantastic players. And and if you're when you're a footballer, you, it doesn't matter where you play. Yeah. Um, like I said, if I had to play left back, centre midfield, left wing, it didn't matter. It didn't bother me because I just wanted to play. 
Everyone wants to know Quentin Fortune. Did you did you get the medal, the league medal in that 0203 uh, no. season? Yes, I have a league medal. Unfortunately, and it's going to disappoint a lot of people. But yes, I got my league medal. Because so many stories were told about that. I mentioned the injuries earlier on. They were well documented. Is that an area of regret for you? How do you look back? Did they hamper your progress? No, no. That's how I played. That's uh, this part of the game. Injuries happen. Um, I kept going. And um, that's the most important for me, that I didn't give up and I kept going, came back and continued. I think it would have been different if I stopped. But um, uh, I'm just like I said, I look back with gratitude because I played for the best club in the world. And um, I'm a very fortunate, I was a very fortunate player. And like I guess it's thrilled to be part of the club now. I'm very fortunate. So um, injuries happen. Mm. So, yeah. And as we wrap up now, you spoke about your co- coaching badges and how uh, you want to do that going forward. How was your time at, at Cardiff there? How was it being on the other side? That was good. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't the best of experience there in terms of, uh, I mentioned you before about the toxic environment. There was a definitely a toxic environment and, and, and negative, but you learn in those, in those experience and uh, when things go well and, and like hopefully um, in the future, I can uh, draw from those experiences and 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 become a better manager and, and how to treat people. Well, uh, I think I've learned how to treat people, <laughs> in that, but it's more important uh, create a positive environment because it's about the players, it's about the people that you deal with every day, the staff. And um, once you have a create the positive environment, it does help with performance and, and people feel. Um, they can come to the to, to work and, and, and they can express themselves and there's a relationship, good relationship between player and manager and staff and that's the kind of, in any environment, I think even in your environment, you, you prefer to go to work where mm. people appreciate you and and, 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 and uh, you can work together in, in, in a nice way. Of course, it's not the rose every day, but at least you're all going in the same direction. Mm. And you also took a similar role with Bafana Bafana under Stuart Baxter. How was the time there? At, again, I'm grateful to Stuart. It's uh, great to learn from him, and um, uh, my experience there was uh, again I learned a lot there and for a short space of time when I was there, and uh, it didn't work out at the end for some other reasons. But that's in the past now. Like I said, I learned from that. But I'm always be grateful to Stuart for for giving me the opportunity to be part of his team. I know there was a lot of talk here when you returned to Bafana Bafana. A lot of people look back with mixed feelings at your Bafana career. They feel you could have given mm-hmm. the country more. Do you think that criticism is justified? Well, I, honestly, I don't really pay attention to what people say. Um, I know what I did and what I did when I played for the country. So um, my career doesn't depend on or what people think or say and that's just part of um, part and parcel of the game. People always have opinions, and and they, rightly so. That's their opinions. I know uh, what I did um, when I played for Bafana. I always wanted to play for the national team, and um, I played. And I'm grateful. I'm, again, I'm grateful the way I came into the Bafana team. I think when you look at my uh, record playing for under 23s yeah. and, and uh, proving myself there, uh, uh, moving up to the national team. Probably must, you know, probably my my um, my worth to be in a team. So I have absolutely no problem. So whatever people say, they say that's their opinion. 
And you did play it two World Cups after all. And Quentin, now we recently read a heartwarming story of a 14-year-old South African boy in Manchester that was named after you. And we saw pictures on the Premier League website that you two actually met. How was it meeting mm-hmm. your younger self, I guess? Oh, um, he's probably much better looking than me. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was great. It was, uh, he came over here. I mean, it's amazing. He's got the same name, and well, I think certain surname has the same surname. But uh, yeah. no, it was great just to be with him, encourage him. He, well, I think he wants to be a footballer as well. Uh, but uh, just encourage him is most important. Of course, it, it takes a lot of hard work, but to focus on his education as well, and that's uh, very, very important. Uh, I think a lot of uh, young players wants to become professional footballer and forget about the education side so make sure you got that uh, um, uh, lockdown make sure you get your education at the same time you can still be a professional footballer but mm. if you have a good education it's going to um, take you a long way not just in the football life but when because football doesn't last forever mm. you got to prepare yourself um, or be ready when that day comes when you can't play football anymore and, and continue to learn and, and, and do other things in your life so yeah Finally, you've played against and with so many great players. Is there anyone that stands out? Maybe the best player that you've played with or against? Uh, Ronaldo, against Ronaldo is most probably the closest player we're going to get to to Pele. Mm. Um, yeah, I played against him on my debut for Atletico Madrid. I played against him uh, when he was at Real Madrid. Scored a hat at Old Trafford. Um, he had everything. But you can imagine the footballer uh, should have great balance, speed, intelligence, could beat people, score goals, strength, um, mm. vision, you name them. The guy had it, he was just, uh, it was just amazing and phenomenal. That's what they call him, Ronaldo Phenomenon. El Phenomeno there, that is who Quentin Fortune is talking about. Not Cristiano Ronaldo, but uh, the legendary Brazilian there, Ronaldo, saying that that's probably the best player that is played um, against her. So if you've just joined us, we were catching up with former Manchester United midfielder uh, Quentin Fortune, also played for Bafana Bafana, of course, and uh, was recently part of Stuart Baxter's technical team with Bafana Bafana. And we were just catching up and to see how Quentin Fortune looks back at his career. He says he's got no regrets, despite all the injuries uh, that he suffers that a lot of people felt that if it wasn't for those injuries he would have really really uh, gone far but I mean he really went far though he went all the way to Manchester United played 76 times for the Red Devils and he's put that myth to rest he did get a winner's medal in the 2002-2003 season I remember that there were stories that he hadn't played enough games uh, to, 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 to be eligible to get a winner's medal so he says he did get a winner's medal Quentin Fortune played at Mallorca Atletico Madrid B Atletico Atletico Madrid, Manchester United, Bolton Wanderers, even had a spell in Italy with Brescia and uh, went back to England to go play for Doncaster Rovers and played over 40 matches, uh, 46 games for Bafana Bafana and also, of course, took part in the World Cup with Bafana Bafana. We're still going to speak to the former president, Jacob Zuma, about the Jacob Zuma Foundation annual chess open tournament, which was started in 2009. It's now it's in its 10th year at uh, this tournament. And we wanted want to find out from uh, from former president Jacob Zuma, just why did he start this tournament? What is the vision? What is the purpose of this uh, tournament? And he will talk to us. He's agreed to talk to us about that. And if you're on social media, you can actually see that he's actually also tweeted us. Uh, 
Ngamalala saying that he's going to be on SAFM shortly. We're just waiting for him to get out of a meeting with the Royal House. And as soon as he's done, we will speak to former President Jacob Zuma. Zanzi's sporting milestones, moments and stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musiya. So as we get ready to speak to former President Jacob Zuma, uh, let's catch up with a new Frame Sports editor, Njabulo Ngidi, just to get his thoughts on the year that's been as far as football is concerned. Njabulo, good evening and thank you for joining us on SAFM. Firstly, we've just spoken to Quentin Fortune, and I know that there are mystery actions when you mention that name here in South Africa. How do, where does Quentin Fortune rank as far as South African football legends are concerned? I think he, he does in a sense because I mean obviously he achieved a lot in his stints in Europe. I mean making a name for himself at, at Manchester United. I mean that's quite a big deal. But I think for us. Especially Bafana Bafana, Diad fans will always remember him for the snaps and the little singer he gave the national team. So that's why he, he is, I mean, there was a, a, quite a strong reaction when Stuart Watson said that he's thinking of dropping him in the national team because he's shown that he was never patriotic in terms of, of giving his own for the national team. So I think that's the only downside in the sense how he treated Bafana. So has the country never forgiven him for, for what happened during that time? I don't think so. I don't think it will take something huge because firstly you have to forgive someone or ask forgive for forgiveness. And in his statement is never said ask for any forgiveness or said that what he did was wrong because he obviously he seems like he believes what he did was right for his career. And looking back now at 2018, Njabulongiri, as far as local football is concerned, how do you look back? Was it a, well, well, as far as the national team Bafana Bafana is concerned, how do you look back at the year? I think for me, what's scary, especially when it comes to the domestic league, there's a lack of consistency. I mean, you look at that, how people are talking about how sundowns have gone 25 games unbeaten. I mean, it's an impressive record, but, but you look at how they've performed. I mean, they haven't been the vintage sundown side. And, and it's scary that a team that is technically struggling is still up there and fighting for the championship. I mean, you look at that at Reds, for instance, how they've been up and down, yet the team that's number one. I mean, it's, it's gay. I think what we need is for, for our league to be obviously more competitive. We need that, that consistency because I think teams get easily carried away. I mean, you look at Celtic, they started rightly, but now in the last four games, they haven't picked up a win. And, and yet they're still in the top eight. I mean, that's, that's, that's quite gay. So I think for me, that's the, the worrying part is that teams can sort of cruise and, 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 and lift their foot off the pedal and still not be punished. For it. And Bafana Bafana in 2018, have they improved? Oh, uh, I mean, it's, it's been a terrible year. Not going to the World Cup and looking at that even now with uh, our chance to qualify for the Afcon, that it's on the brink. I mean, we need things hard for ourselves by not picking up points in Seychelles. I think it's the same problem with us not finishing games that, that we should have. I mean, those so-called easy games. And, and I think it's, it's about time we admit that that's our biggest problem. And, and we don't just want to talk about it, but try to fix it by we had bringing in like a, a, someone who, who works with the players' mental psyche leading up to those games. Because obviously what we've done in the past doesn't work, so why not give something new a try and see if, if anything won't change. Will Bafana Bafana qualify for AFCON 2019 without being hosts? <laughs> I, I highly doubt it. I mean, you look at how we performed against Libya. I mean, it was, it was quite shocking. And, 
and and this is a Liberty team that's now going to be playing well, at home on, on paper, and 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 we didn't fare that well. I, I don't think they inspire much confidence in terms of of going there and and then getting the results in media. So like, thankfully, we'll probably hold. <laughs> that will take someone's job. Okay, Njabulangidi, great stuff. Thank you for joining us and just giving us a brief uh, view of your 2018 as far as football here at home is concerned. And if you are looking for a game to attend this weekend, there is action. Mamelodi Sundowns up against Al-Akhli Benghazi in the Champions League first round. And Tulani Tuso from Sundowns joins us on the line quickly just to talk about the game. Tulani, uh, good evening. How are you guys feeling at nil-nil? Uh, good evening to your listeners and thank you for having me. Uh, your question, Nil-Nil looks like a bad score if you look at that we played away and didn't score a goal away. But also, if you look at it this way, we have to just win the match to qualify. That's all. You win the match, you go to the group stages. So I think it's very clear from the players as well that uh, this match for us becomes very important. There's no mistakes. I saw the players today placing penalties just in case it goes there. But... It's, it, it, it's clear, clear as crystal that we must just win this match and go through that all. Before the first leg encounter, the coach Peter Musumane did say that it was hard to get footage of Al-Akhli Benghazi. They did get a few clips. But now, having seen, having played against them, I'm sure the team is uh, more confident in the second leg. Of course, we're much confident. But also, I think looking at Ali Benghazi, I spoke to players. I looked at also the, the game as well. I was there. And uh, they are not really a team that should bother us. Uh, mainly because their style of play is very direct. You know, it's, it reminds me of a certain team in the PSL, Bidvest Vets. It's long balls all the way. And if you stop that, you are able to penetrate them. We've done so many times uh, in that match in the first leg, we penetrated them, but we just didn't convert our chances. We had chances, Chopo uh, had two chances, Mabowe had two chances, Mastambi had two chances, Tapelo hit the bar as well. So we had clear chances where we should have just uh, buried this team. But I don't think it should be a first for us. Uh, we should just focus on this match. And team news, how's your team looking? Any injury worries? Well, we've got suspensions. Uh, you've got uh, Andre Ngonga who's out with a suspension, suspension. But also we've got uh, a, a few players who are out with injuries. And Andile Jali is out with flu. Mosa Libusa is out with flu as well. Uh, you've got Dennis Onyango who's still out with a knee injury. Uh, you've got also Temba Zwane who's out with a hamstring. So on that front, we with a couple of injury, uh, you know, scares. But uh, from the from what I see today, the team that trained, uh, the starting eleven should look pretty solid. Mm. And and what will a win for Sundowns do? You get into the group stages now. Of course, I spoke to, you know, funny enough, I spoke to Tembo uh, Kekana today. He posted an, a, a video of uh, Anthony Lafo's goal against Zamalek here at Lucas oh, yes. And it reminded actually us at uh, Sundown of where we come from and of what we can do. Uh, so now we know exactly that uh, uh, the ambition for Sundown is quite simple, just to be in the group stages and try make it to the final and possibly win it again. And the players are quite determined and hungry uh, to, to try and get a second star. You know, in our lifetime, we'll be the first team in South Africa to get uh, two stars and win two Champions League medals. You usually have special deals for the fans when these matches come around. Is it the same for this one? Definitely, of course. Uh, Tomorrow, supporters wearing yellow or any sundown attire coming for free. 
free entry. And then for all those other ones uh, who are dressing their uh, any other clothes, we pay half price to 20 rand. But they can collect their tickets at, comp- at, at, at Ticket Pros, which is CMA, Edgar's, and all those stores. But also, if you are near around the stadium, you can collect your tickets at, uh, at Mawun, the street at Sasol Garage. But I think, again, I must add that uh, the hunger for the Champions League now is, I think, is growing even on the fans as well. I've seen the attendance of the matches. I've also seen the way they talk about Champions League. I'm quite happy that as well, that all the Pirates and Cardinal Chiefs are in the CAT competitions, which means that finally um, our people really see uh, the importance of playing in CAT competitions. So just to be clear, who collects their tickets? Who's collecting is the people that are dressed in Sundowns regalia? No, you can just collect your tickets, but on the day... so. For example, yourself, you can dress in a black and white top if you want, collect your tickets. That's but then funny. when you get to the stadium, if you're not dressed in a yellow or any Sundance top, you would have to obviously go and buy a ticket. But if not, free entry. Okay, is it yellow or yellow and blue? No, as long as it's Sundance top. If it's yellow, if it's, if it's a Sundance top, it's green, it's yellow, it's blue, it's up to you. Come through, you're dressing our badge. You're in our badge. I can't wear just my plain old yellow shirt. Mm, no, it doesn't work. You can oh, wear an ANC top, it doesn't work. It has to be with a badge. Uh, it must have a badge, you know. Uh, I mean, really, it, it, it must have a badge. I mean, we can we can only forgive you if you're dressed in, in even if it's black, but if it's sometimes sometimes top with a badge, then you are in. And just finally, match details. Where is the match happening? What time? The match is happening at Loftus Festival Stadium at Rock Lock Kickoff uh, tomorrow. Uh, people must ca- try and come as early as possible, come at uh, maybe 12 o'clock because we open gates from there on and then they can win amazing prizes on the day. Okay, I've seen some report that says Loftus. You're saying Lucas? Loftus first friend. Loftus first friend. Okay, yeah. He was who I tell you. So, you know, today I'm, I'm rolling the tongue, you know. I'm massive. So, get it both Loftus first friend. And why Loftus for this one? <laughs> Uh, you know, when you play before the group stage matches, CAF doesn't, uh, that doesn't uh, uh, restrict you with the branding. So Loftus is available for us. But then once you go to the group stage matches, then you can't play at uh, Loftus because of the branding at the stadium. And to cover the branding will cost you a minimum of 300000 just to cover the branding, uh, the parameters, you know, the third, second tier, and all the vertical branding. If you cover it, it costs you a minimum 300000 and just to learn, while we have you on the line, how do you guys look at your at your league campaign going into the Christmas break? Now, still unbeaten, of course, uh, but uh, you are five points off the leaders. You do have games in hand. Well, looking at how we've played so far, I mean, it's not been as rosy. We're actually about eight points behind our target of what we wanted to reach. And you look at also the games that we have not lost. They don't mean much if you're not winning. You should be number one. But, I mean, we are a few games behind uh, the log leaders and we are, you know, just a few points behind them with a few games behind them, uh, which means that, I mean, if, if, if we had won the game against Lombardian uh, Celtic where the Bahama Boys goal was not allowed, we would be number one, you know. You look at also other games where we lost matches because of the bad officiating. But it's not an excuse for us. We just think that um, this league is going to be won on a... Uh, you know, no, no, a low margin. I think the team would win this match, and you know the masters of the low margin will, will beat the Zed and Super Sport. Uh, but I think, I do believe that uh, we've done well so far, and uh, considering the fact that we're also competing in the Champions League. So I think uh, uh, going to, uh, you know, that the next year, we just have to make sure and consolidate and consolidate 
uh, with our matches where we did not win. I think uh, uh, there's, there's matches where you, you have no excuse to lose. You can't lose to a Barroca FC. I know they're champions of the telecom. You can't lose to you know teams that are struggling to get into the top eight. You know, so I think uh, looking at uh, this, this season so far, we've done well, but not as much as we have planned to do. So you're not pressing, but you're not pressing any panic buttons just yet. Hell no, we can't press any panic buttons. There are teams who are who are looking like they won't make the top eight, uh, you know. And uh, looking at us and looking at the team, uh, the players we have, we shouldn't press panic buttons. And I know that uh, Masanda Wana will be happy when it comes the new year because, of course, there'll be a few changes here and there, you know, new additions here and there, and always, as always. You know, we always bring quality into the team. Finally, I've got a question on Twitter. Opa is he back? Is he available to play? Yes, he's back. Uh, he trained today, full training, available for the match. And uh, we'll see. Only the coach will tell us uh, if he will be on that park or not. Okay, Tuladi, we wish you all the best then for the game tomorrow. Uh, that is Mamelodi Sundowns media officer Tulani Tuso talking to us about their match against Al Ahli Benghazi. It is tied at nil nil going in to the second leg, and as you heard from him, the winner goes into the group stages of the Champions League. Orlando Pirates are in Vendhoek. That's where they are facing the African Stars, who held them to a goalless draw in Orlando a week ago. And uh, so a win for Pirates here, or a scoring draw for Pirates, will get them through also to the group stages. And then Kaiser Chi are in Madagascar this weekend. That's where they face El Gecko Plus. They've got a comfortable, a healthy rather, 3-0 lead from the first leg there. Uh, so we, they should be able to do the business there, Amakosi. And when they get through here, um, they will play the teams that drop out, I think, of the Champions League before they get into the group stages of the Kef Confed Cup. If you've just joined us, you are on SAFM Spot On. My name is uh, Tabiso Mosia, and we are still set to speak to the former president, Jacob Zuma, about the Jacob Zuma Foundation uh, Chess Open Tournament, which happens every year. It was started in 2009 and they are now in the 10th year of this tournament at SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter Okay, I know a lot of people are waiting to hear from the former president, uh, Jacob Zuma. Do bear with us because we were told that he was called into a meeting with the Royal House and we are communicating with them as soon as they are done with that meeting with the Royal House and then the president will be able to speak to us. Unfortunately, they can be disturbed when they're in the Royal House. And if you are on social media, you will have seen that he has tweeted us and he's looking forward to speaking about uh, this uh, Jacob Zuma annual open chess tournament. It's just done. Fortunate that he had to be called by the Royal House as we were due to speak to him. But um, we still have a couple of minutes left on the show, and I'm sure we're going to get, uh, we're going to try our best to get to the president, who President Jacob Zuma. If you don't know about the Jacob Zuma annual open chess uh, tournament, it was founded back in 2009. So that's why I have been saying that it is uh, 10 years now of this annual Jacob Zuma chess uh, tournament, and it's open to people around the country. I do know that there is a school's... Um the the, the 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 pupils firstly uh, play the junior teams they've got a championship for the junior teams and then after that they've got the jz open so it's split into two sections and then and we just wanted to find out from the president how do teams enter this tournament are they picked or do they go through uh qualifiers uh the i11 districts from kwazulu natal and uh and it is open of course to the other regions not only kwazulu natal but we've had teams from gauteng that i know that have taken part in this annual jacob zuma uh chess 
Chess Tournament, which is organized, of course, by the Jacob Zuma Foundation. If you've been watching SABC News this past few days, you would have seen Mr. President uh, taking on a few of the youngsters, as he does every single year. And as I said earlier on, the one year that I remember was back in 2016 when uh, there was a match that was shown on TV and he seemed to be struggling to beat one little girl there. I'm not sure how that one eventually ended and I was hoping that we will get a chance. Uh, We are hoping that we will get a chance to speak uh, to the former president, President Jacob Zuma, about that game and about the work that he does uh, with the foundation and using, of course, uh, the game of chess to try and empower and uplift communities because it's more than just playing chess. I think there's much more to this uh, annual uh, chess tournament than just uh, playing uh, the game on the board there. So we'll try our best to get hold. Hopefully the Royal House uh, can let the former president go before we finish at uh, 7 p.m. Uh, tonight. It's an early start, of course, of SAM, of SAFM, a sport on. And I do know that they've got a couple of partners that they work with. They've got Moves for Life that they work with. They've also got KwaZulu Chess, which is actually co-founded by uh, the former president, President uh, Azuma. And I do know that they have been uh, rolling out chess programs across schools. He's very passionate about chess. Uh, he's been playing it for years, if you read the stories. And we want to find out from him why chess and how did he start playing chess because we also know that he's been involved in football during his time at Robin Island. One, Some stories say he was captain of the football team other stories that we've read say that he was a referee uh, so he's the only one that can clarify for us whether he was a player, whether he was captain rather or whether he was a referee but they did have that famous Makana FA that was recognized by FIFA a couple of years ago and I do know that he was a big part of that Makana FA a football association uh, formed inside prison and that's why uh, FIFA decided to recognize them a couple of years ago. A lot of our struggle icons uh, actually were part of the formation of the Makana FA. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of sport to talk about with the President Jacob Zuma. He even put out a video on social media this week of him playing football saying that... um, saying that uh, Stuart Baxter must uh, give him a call and I wonder if he's got that call from Stuart Baxter somebody says that I hear you keep on calling Mr. Zuma president uh, he's not president anymore he's a former president I did check that you, you, please bear with us we are a sports show so it's not every day that we speak to a president or former president but I did check that with a few political um, experts and uh, they, all, they, they did say that you can refer to a former president as president so if you do hear me I keep referring to President Jacob Zuma then uh, I've been told that actually they do keep their titles the former president so they can stay on and become a president so just bear with us another 10 minutes or so we'll see if we can get former president Jacob Zuma. Hashtag SAFM Sport On. Okay, we've got somebody who's already sent us a voice note on 0614104107. Uh, I think it's in relation with the conversation that we're due to have with the former president, Jacob Zuma. Hi, member uh, Zico here. Uh, as I'm listening for the last show of the year, just want to say thank you guys for the brilliant show that you've, you, you have given us all through this year. It's been nice. We enjoy. Looking forward for a brand new show next year and hope you enjoy your festive season, guys. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you, Zika, and thank you for your support throughout the year. It is our last show of 2018. We'll be back again on the 7th of January. And thank you to everybody that has uh, supported us throughout the year and that has contributed on the show on SAFM Spot On. And we do promise that we will come back uh, bigger and better in uh, 2019. And uh, yeah, if we don't manage to get hold of the former President Jacob Zuma, then we're going to have to 
do it in 2019 uh, when we come back on the 7th of January. But we are trying. We're trying at the back. We are speaking to them. And they do tell us that they are still in that meeting there uh, with the Royal uh, House. So we've got seven minutes, Royal House. If somebody's got a number for the Royal House, let them know that we've got a few minutes left. And a lot of people are waiting to hear from the former President Jacob Zuma, especially because he's the, he tweeted the interview. And we did actually have a conversation with him uh, before the show on uh, Amalala. And he was very, very happy to speak to us about this about um, this uh, chess tournament and also about his uh, foundation. So I know for a fact that he was keen and that's why he went to social media to make sure that he announces is very popular on social media. Now so many followers after just a couple of days of being active and he took the initiative himself to go announce on social media that he will be on SAFM to talk about his annual uh, tournament. It will be a pity if we really don't speak to him because um, this part of former President Jacob Zuma is not usually highlighted. It's not usually in the media. It's not usually in the news. It's always the the, the, the stuff that we read about we watch in the news every single day. So it would have really been an honor to talk uh, about this part of uh, Jacob Zuma, the foundation and the work that he does using sport, especially especially the game of chess. I know when we tweeted that we're going to speak to him, a lot of people couldn't believe that he was playing chess, uh, the former President Jacob Zuma. And I don't know why it's hard to believe because even I play chess at school so um yeah at SAFM radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter well, folks, we only have four minutes left on the show. I think we're going to have to cut our losses here and would really like to send our apologies. We were looking forward to speaking to the former president, Jacob Zuma. He was looking forward to it. He even tweeted it. We chatted with him in the afternoon, but at six o'clock, he was called by Indungulu, Kings Velitini, and that's when they went into the meeting. And unfortunately, as great as we think we are, but uh, we cannot compete uh, with the king and we cannot compete with the royal house. And uh, he's uh, Mr. Jacob Zuma's uh, people have told us that he's still in that meeting and unfortunately according to protocol they can't even go and knock on the door they can't even tell him uh, to come and do the interview they're just not allowed to disturb a meeting with uh, former president Jacob Zuma Nenzu Ngulu so even if we do get him now, I think it won't do justice. And we do want to apologize to everybody that's tweeted us, everybody that's waited for this interview. Unfortunately, it is out of our control, folks. And uh, we are hoping that uh, we will speak to them then when we come back in the new year. I'm sure they will make it up uh, to us, uh, Mr. Uh, the, the Jacob Zuma Foundation. Uh, but we do wish them all the best, though, with the remainder of the annual tournament that is taking place. And we hope that they do keep us updated with what is happening uh, there and when they do have time to speak to us then we will uh, speak to Ungamalala again and once again we really really send our apologies I know a lot of people tweeted us and saying that uh, they're going to tune in they don't usually listen to a sports show uh, well now that you are here today at least you know that there's a sports show on SAFM between 6 and 7 uh, we are 6 and 7 on a Friday but we are 7 to 8 Monday to Thursday so do join us when we come back on the 7th of January for all you football fans there is a match tonight it's an absolute premiership encounter it's at the Bidver Stadium Bidver Vets up against Chipper uh, United there. Kevin Hunt looking to end the season on a high. Of course, they are tied on 27 points with the Orlando Pirates, uh, but Bidvest Vets are ahead top of the log on goal difference. So there is action if you are in and around Joe Beck. You can go to the Bidvest Stadium at 8 to go catch the match there. And in cricket, if you missed the action earlier on, Pakistan warmed up nicely for their three-match test series against uh, the Proteas, which starts on Boxing Day in Centurion. They beat the SA Invitation 11 by six wickets after chasing down their total of 195. They did so on the last
last day. They chased it in 40 overs. It was a three-day warm-up match being played in Pinone, but well done to the youngsters that were picked there to play for the SA Invitation 11. They certainly uh, did not embarrass themselves. They even declared on 182 for 7 in their second innings, and I know there was a 100 for the skipper, Marcus Ackerman, a former Saints boy, St. Stylians. There he, he, and also there was also a good knock from young Joshua Richards, who we've had good things about him. He made 98 in the first innings, only 19 fresh out of school, also went to St. Stylians. Uh, so those boys are really... Um, represented the country very well against Pakistan who are of course warming up to face the pro tiers. There's also those four day cricket matches. Uh, the result that's come in is the Dolphins have beaten the Lions by 279 runs after bowling them out for 106, having set them 386 to win. And also in a bloom, the Titans are playing the Knights and the Titans need an- the Knights rather need another 152 runs with six wickets remaining. They've been set 315. They are on 163 for four and it's the Cobras and the Warriors in Port Elizabeth and the Warriors have been set 418 runs and they are on 93 without loss on day 3 and uh, tomorrow is the final day and it is our final show right here on SAFM Spot On we'll be back again on the 7th of January my name is Tabi Somosia